Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to episode 129 of the Creator Smarts podcast. Have you ever thought about repurposing content? We usually recommend creators who just start to only focus on one platform, growing an audience there first. But if you have gained your traction and you do have some resources, then why not take some of that content and repurpose it on other platforms? No, you don't have to be on all the platforms at the same time, but you know, if you can, then why not? And how do you decide which platform to take over next? Well, today we're going to talk about repurposing content with Amy Woods of Content. 10x sorry content 10x and uh, yeah these are some of the topics that we're going to talk about so what should we create first after publishing our youtube video should we repurpose on a podcast on instagram on tiktok how do we go about taking that decision um you know important things to keep in mind when repurposing content and um we're also going to talk about some of the platforms that are upcoming that we uh, should be aware of so those are the things that we're going to talk about today with amy hope you enjoy this is the creator smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify stabilize and grow their businesses I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey Amy, welcome to the Creator Smarts podcast. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and what it is you do? Yeah, sure. So firstly, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's great to be here. Um, and um, so I am Amy Woods. I'm the founder of Content 10X. So at Content 10X, we're all about helping people to maximize their content so if you're creating content we're all about helping to repurpose and get the most value from all the time that you spend creating content so we tend to work with uh, business content creators so people who are creating content as part of a content marketing strategy for their business and we will be um, helping in many ways so uh, a core of our business is we're a creative agency so we work with businesses to do it for them so we work with video creators and audio content creators and we essentially take the content and turn it into lots of other content so repurpose a video into a podcast episode and social media videos graphics blog posts things like that um, we also you know, help in other ways. So we have loads of content on our website. We've got a podcast and lots of video and blog content. We have um, I have a book, I have a toolkit that came out as well. So whether it's, you know, doing it for you or helping you DIY, we're all about, you know, just getting the most value out of content that you create through repurposing. So that's what I do as a business based in Manchester in the UK, but the, the team were based all over the world and our clients are all over the world as well. So very global business, but I'm, I'm here in uh, Manchester in the UK today speaking to you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the introduction. And we are definitely going to put all the links in the show notes so that people can check it out. But let's first talk a little bit about what inspired you to start Content uh, Content 10X. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, I guess my, my backstory is 
probably not what necessarily you would expect because they don't come from a um, an agency background nor a marketing background. Yeah, here I am, like running running a running a creative agency. So back in the day, like previous to Content 10X, I um, was a management consultant, and I was a management consultant for over a decade. Um, so there I was specialising in mergers and acquisitions and working largely in financial services space, so very different to what I do today. Um, but, you know, the thing about management consultancy was it was a, a great career and I learned an awful lot about business, but it requires a, a considerable amount of travel. Um, every Monday flying somewhere, getting home every Friday and just relentlessly doing that. So um, when it got to the point of having a family, kids, I couldn't really do that anymore. So I was looking for something different to do. And I'd always wanted my own business. I'd all been, always been very entrepreneurial. Um, and, you know, I saw that really was the foundation now that it's time to go and start something of my own and I was really keen on not doing all this travel anymore and even maybe not having the commute and actually finding something that you can do from anywhere (laughs) and so I immersed myself in the world of online business and online content to to find out what what people do with these businesses that can be online and I followed all the typical people you first find in that world like Gary Vaynerchuk and Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield and all those people and um, I started a business creating content where I was providing business advice and support what I was used to Mm. Um, and you know I, I had a a mastermind and I had um, like an online course and things like that but I don't think my heart was really in that but I loved the content creation side of it and being the I guess like the person who's very drawn to kind of efficiency and processes and systems and things like that I was really keen on repurposing content myself for what I was creating so I had a mini team supporting me where I was creating videos and I had someone who was doing writing for me someone who was doing graphics for me you know someone helping with audio and I realized that what I'd developed around me was a business like people would pay you know one single supplier um to have all the skill sets across the board to repurpose content for them in goes something, out comes 10 things. That was the kind of idea. It's not specifically 10 things, but, um, you know, that's where the idea came from, like 10x in people's content. So it, it then just kind of started gradually, really. I um, put the, you know, kind of spoke to people, got the idea out there and got the first client, got the second client, started to refine the services more, started to understand more what people want. And, you know, over the years, more clients, grow the team, refine the services and just just grow in that way, really. And it's, um, I guess we're four and a half years on now. So that was four and a half years ago that we started and, and here I am today. So that's kind of the, the origin story, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's talk about repurposing then, because what are some of the most important things that we need to keep in mind when repurposing? I mean, I've heard yeah. people say like every platform has has its own language, right? So a video mm-hmm. that, that that does very well on YouTube doesn't necessarily do very well on on TikTok or on Instagram. Um, yeah, what, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think that's so important. I think that you know, firstly, when we talk about repurposing, it's important to make sure you're not you know that you're not just reposting content. Yeah. So it isn't taking the same content and just popping it here popping it there popping it there and that's repurposing um 
repurposing is in my you know in my in my definition of it obviously like I do it day in day out it's my job so very specific in how I, I define it but it's about finding those creative ways to communicate a message communicate something that you've communicated in a particular format in a particular location in a different location and in a different format in a different way of communicating that message so what you just mentioned is always something that I say is really, really, really important is respecting different platforms and knowing why people go to one platform over another, what kind of content they're expecting to see, what they'll engage with. So, you know, you, you go maybe go to Twitter more for kind of conversation with people. You might maybe go more to TikTok to, to smile and laugh and see like funny, creative content maybe go more to LinkedIn for more like business type content and, and so on. Like, and it goes on like Facebook and even within platforms themselves, like social media platforms, you take Instagram, for example, you know, there's reels, there's stories, there's IGTV, yeah. there's the main posts, there's guides, there's lots of different parts of platforms. So it's just about, you know, like really understanding the different platforms and not, and we've talked about social media a lot just now, but you know, also your own platform. So you have a website, so you have a blog post, perhaps maybe you have a membership site and you have membership content. So all the different places, not just social, but there's all these different places and you really do have to work out where your audience are, what they go to those platforms for, for what kind of content they like on those platforms. And if you're gonna repurpose, I guess like really strategically and, and really well, you'll understand that and then you'll put systems in place that you create one kind of key core pillar piece of content and then you'll know how you're going to extract the different messages and the different angles and the different points made in that core pillar piece so that that bit's going to go onto TikTok whatever that bit's going to be the YouTube bit that's going to be the blog post etc so that that's really you know a great way to approach repurposing and a multi-platform approach to repurposing. Yeah. Now, many of our listeners are on YouTube. Some of them have a very big following. So let's say I have a big following on YouTube. I'm still working on it, but let's say. Then is there like a, a most logical next step? Is there a logical place to go for me to repurpose my content? Like, would it be to just extract the audio and upload it on a podcast? Or does do youtube videos perform well on i don't know on instagram for example like is is there a, a logical next step or logical yeah i mean I, I mean i think it you know it really really does depend on what the type of content is what yeah. the genre is what the audience is that kind of thing but um i think it's brilliant that that your audience and you know people who are listening now have a focus on video content because whenever i'm asked the question what's the best type of content to repurpose now i always say it's video content i mean provided that people are comfortable creating videos and can be confident cuz i'd never suggest you know people doing things that they're just really not confident with and not going to be consistent with then find something else but if you're comfortable with video it's the best form of content for repurposing so you mentioned um audio that that is a really good option so when you have video you have audio so if you have the appetite to have a podcast 
then why not? I mean, why not do that? Why not take the audio? Um, as we were just saying, you know, still respecting the platforms, respecting why people go to podcasts. So you'd likely do some editing. I would ex- I would expect that there may be certain aspects that were more a visual aspect that isn't going to be hmm. going to work for an um, audio audience. You know, add intros, add outros, things like that, and make it into a podcast episode. But you can do that. And like I just said about editing, it may be that the videos really are just too uh, visually dependent to just take the audio if it you know if you if you look if you're pointing at things and looking at things and things like that that's not going to work but it does work and it can work and we you know we work we do it ourselves we repurpose some of my videos into podcast episodes and we've got lots of clients that we do that for as well so that can be a logical next step if if you want to have a podcast and you've got the appetite for having a podcast because it's so straightforward to take audio from video and, and create a podcast episode um another another logical next step i would say when you are creating videos for youtube um is to slice and dice the videos up to create social media videos so you know if you have an audience on instagram let's say and you're creating 15 minute youtube videos every week let's say then to just take some great highlights from those videos and turn that into um, an instagram reel or to turn that into a instagram video or into some stories content and and i say all but preferably and you know get some stories content turn it into some instagram reel content and here it's still the same format it's still video content it's just that you're looking for some standalone know snippets that that 30 seconds or that one minute that's that's interesting that would be educate educate entertain inspire or just a tease just a great tease from your video so slicing and dicing and creating those videos is a great next step but again respecting the platforms you know the different um, aspect ratios whether you want to burn captions on whether you want to add a title at the top things like that all count um and then Another next step, I would say, um, could be thinking about whether there's a blog post here as well. So you've got that content on YouTube, which it, which is great and growing that YouTube audience. But if you have website and if you have a blog, um, you know, a great idea as well would be to go and create a blog post about this video. Um, either something short where you embed the video on your site and, you know, have a basic written blog post with where the key aim really is for people to watch the video or do a full write-up you know do a depending on again what what the content is what it's about is it an instructional video or an inspirational video thought leadership video whatever it is it a guest interview but whatever it is if there's a opportunity to create a good written piece of content from that and get a blog post on your website or just a video blog post on your website i think that's really you know good opportunity as well um and then you know if you're on twitter there's there some conversation starters that you could get out there on twitter to get people talking about the content to intrigue people and let them know that you've just put a video out about that um so yeah that the, there's lots of different angles and, and considerations to play but keep slicing and dicing your existing video format stripping audio and thinking about a written um, aspect for your website is definitely the first kind of three go-tos that i would i would lean towards mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. yeah so i have another question here and i know it's a little bit like asking a hairdresser where do you need a haircut <laughs> but, <laughs> but do you really need to be on all the platforms 
Well, no, I mean, I don't think you need to be on all the platforms. Hmm. I think you, you need to be on the platforms where your audience are. So yeah. it, I think it can be a mistake um, to think, right, okay, I, I must be on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Snapchat and Twitter and, and all these places and Pinterest and have a podcast and, you know, do it, do all of this additional content. Firstly, I think it's about just knowing where your audience are and making sure that you are focusing on the main places that your audience are. Um, I also think it's all about, mentioned already, but consistency is really important as well. So I guess not over committing, knowing where your audience are, knowing how much time you have to commit to creating and repurposing content, and then making sure that you've got enough time to do justice to the platforms that you are going to repurpose to. So if if you're really only going to focus, you know, you know, most of your um, audience are on YouTube. And if there was a social platform that they would hang out, out on before going over to YouTube, it's probably LinkedIn, then, you know, just have a strategy fully focused on YouTube repurposing to LinkedIn and getting content onto your website could be an absolutely brilliant strategy. But yeah, for, for, for other people, it can be an all in. We've got a lot of big audience. They tend to be on most platforms. We've got the time, we've got the budget, and then they'll repurpose everywhere. But um, I think it's a real shame if people spend a bit too much time on platforms where their audience don't hang out that much and they therefore like don't give enough time to the platforms that they are you know spend less time on Facebook or no time on Facebook and all your time on Twitter and that would get you more results so um so yeah maybe you weren't expecting that answer but no I I don't think an absolute be everywhere approach is, is right for most people yeah have you I mean you you repurpose content on all kinds of platforms for your clients have you ever seen like interesting or unexpected signs of of, of traction on platforms that you didn't expect for your clients so for example your client has a youtube channel you start repurposing their content and all of a sudden they go viral on, on pinterest or something something that you wouldn't expect like any any surprises or are there any upcoming platforms that you think we, we should take a look at i think um i think that it's funny that you just mentioned pinterest because actually we do find that sometimes our clients don't realize just how much traffic is coming over to their website from Pinterest. And so if you are going to put content on Pinterest or if you know if you've made your website very friendly towards Pinterest so that people can create pins from your website, do always look at your Google Analytics or um, your, you know, or any stats that you have available mm. on your website if you use other tools because you might be surprised to see that like there's actually quite a lot of traffic because it's a very popular website um, and very popular search engine. But I, um, I'd say at the moment the um, where we see like we, we've started to see like this jump and it's not I suppose not so surprising but because we kind of expected it but it's nice to see is on Instagram um clients who are creating content on Instagram reels now I, I mentioned this a couple of times already in my examples but it is because we are seeing you know really good video uh, engagement and really high views on Instagram reels so if the clients were previously putting content as uh, video content on Instagram just as a normal Instagram post and I'm, I'm just going to make it up and say and maybe they were getting like 
um, 2,000 views every time they were putting in that Instagram post. And then we started creating real content instead. Like that, you know, in an instant, those reels content is getting more like 10,000 versus 2,000. Mm. So um, there's a, a, a big... Um, kind of I guess favoritism on the platform to be getting people watching that kind of content and um, the other is TikTok as well so yeah. um you know I guess it you know we all still tend to think of it as maybe more the platform where the kids are hanging out and it's all um you know not necessarily business type content or or more serious type content but more just people dancing and lip syncing and things like that but it's not the case at all um there's actually lots of content taking off on uh tiktok of all different um types of industries genre etc so we we've seen that as well and it's probably not a surprising answer because the content that you create on TikTok and the content that goes on to Reels is, you know, they're almost identical in terms of the type of content people are looking at. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, types of businesses where you might think TikTok really, but actually, yeah, it, it can it can work. Um, and I would also say that we've seen um, a, a, like an, an uprise of engagement and results from Twitter which you know it's one of the OG platforms isn't it and you, you know you kind of think surely with everything else Twitter might not be quite up there or it might be declining but not not the case at all actually yeah. I feel like some people are maybe ODing on all that other type of content and are enjoying going back to the kind of you know the familiarity of, of community building and, and chatting and engagement on Twitter yeah. um so yeah, I'd say there as well, um, which may be a bit more surprising. Funny you mentioned, you mentioned Twitter because I thought that Twitter died like five years ago, but I noticed that in the, uh, especially in the tech industry, and also many YouTube creators actually hang out on Twitter. So I recently opened an account there, just still exploring it. But yeah, funny that you mentioned that. I guess yeah. that I can imagine that many of your clients they. They, they hire you f to repurpose that content, but then eventually they want to know whether it's working, right? Whether they're getting at any ROI on, on, on their investments. Do you or your clients track sales that come in from platforms like TikTok, for example? Like, how do you know it's worthwhile to repurpose your content on certain platforms? Yeah, I mean, we don't like personally do that. Our, you know, our clients are tracking the, uh, you know, sales and engagement and outcomes and things like that of their content. And obviously, we're speaking with them and, and understanding so they can be fed back to us. But um, I mean, it's it, it absolutely depends on what people's end game are and what they will mm. deem as being the success rate of content because content is, um, you know, it, it's a it can be a slow burn there's a lot of patience required with content you know a blog post that I published today could bring me a client in two years um regularly actually I'll do sales calls myself with people who say that they just enjoyed a podcast episode that I think I recorded that years ago or they saw me on stage years ago and they've they ever since have been sort of watching my content, following me on social media, and bam, two, three years later, book that sales call and become a client. So, 
it's there's so many different ways that content can benefit i think obviously there are very specific metrics that you can look at so you've launched a podcast and you can look at the number of downloads and the number of listeners and make sure that that's going up and that you are getting the you know the listeners that you want if it's a video focus you could be focusing on you know video views and and all of the different um data that you can get available when you're putting video out if it's a social media focus yes you could be focusing on followers and things like that but ultimately we're working with businesses that want to grow their business so aside from what what some may say like some of the vanity metrics it's down to but are you seeing more inquiries coming in are you seeing more clients coming in and does it seem to be as a result of content i would say that you know in that instance um as more content is going out if it's the right content if it's the right strategy if it's pumping out lots of content that's really directly speaking to their ideal client then you know it it does bring in more leads it you know does bring in more sales because if it's that specific and that targeted and that consistent in its approach then it does but um but you know it's it like it it's always challenging because there are so many metrics we have clients who um aside from getting more clients through content specifically because somebody reached out to them because they watched a video or listened to a podcast their profile is is raising a lot their personal brand their personal profile so now we have a client who i don't know within like the first six months and certainly year of working with us he he went from um maybe occasionally speaking at like a local event in London, to being asked to go all travel all over the world, Australia, the US, um, to speak at events. And this was because his profile had risen through the podcast and the video content he was doing. <laughs> and the people in his industry suddenly taking notice of him and yeah. like saying, you know, we've seen you've got this podcast. We saw you interviewed so-and-so. We listened to it. Would you come and do a panel at our event in Texas or whatever it is? So it, there's so many um, different ways that you could measure the ROI and some are harder than others, like things like that, your personal profile and being invited to do more and speak more and be on podcasts and things like that. And then somebody listens to that podcast that you were a guest on and that helps to grow your business. So I I think that yes, have, have metrics that you want to track, but also you do just need to have that like bigger picture like look of but what other things have been going on, what other things have happened. So sorry, it's kind of like a, a long answer that, but um you need to know things are moving in the right direction for sure. But you just have to be really patient as well, I think, with it all. Yeah, so it's a little bit like building an audience in general, right? You need to be in it for the long yeah. run. Because you never yeah. know when things are gonna take off and when you're gonna get your, your first client or your tenth client. I guess um, a potential strategy there, I don't know if you're doing this with your clients, but could, for example, be to take on a client, repurpose on 10 different platforms, do that for one year, and then after a year, you only continue with the five platforms that yeah. have the most traction. Is that Could that be a potential yeah, strategy? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. I think, um, I think, yeah, like you just have to keep monitoring it, and it's it's like gambling, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you know, like spread spread um spread over a few different areas and or invest in, 
and then go all in on the ones that are bringing the results and pull back on the ones that aren't. Um, and uh, yeah, completely. Um, it's better. I think it's better to do that if you've got the time, budget, and resource. Because obviously, like starting with lots of platforms would require you know a lot of time, a lot of resource, and and either well either the time or the budget to put into all of that. Um, so yeah, you either you either start with quite a lot and see where that goes or decide that you're going to you know just focus on these three for, for the first year or whatever and then and then move on to others or then hopefully like increase budget and add more in um but uh but yeah i think it's a really bold decision and really brave decision when people decide to completely pull away from a certain platform that they've been working on because um it's really easy to think I know that it doesn't seem to be bringing in that many results but I've been doing it for a while now and I do have a bit of a following and I feel like I shouldn't stop and it's quite brave to actually say you know what I've been doing I've been focusing on LinkedIn Instagram and Twitter for one year and I'm seeing everything's really going off on Twitter I am going to stop my focus on the other two but when people do do that the difference is huge because then all that time put into the yeah. clear one that gets more results is going to result in so much more results than kind of still spinning wheels on the other ones. But it is it, it is like quite, a, like I said, kind of like a, a, a brave and bold decision to stop platforms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you are a content creator yourself. Um, where do you start, with video or with a podcast? Yeah, so uh, typically video. So all of this year like it's been more of a video focus for us it, it used to be audio it used to be more kind of start with audio um but we for our podcasts will typically start with video content strip the audio from that repurpose into a podcast and then create social media videos and graphics and a blog post and you know if there's other opportunities like a content upgrade or anything like that um but i have to admit that uh, recently like in the last month or so we've started to do um more audio only as well where i'm not doing my content to um camera if i interview somebody then it's, it's always a video and then i'll do a i'll do like thought leadership pieces to video but i've started doing quite a few of those to audio only um and i guess the reason for that is that um we create really good blog posts from the episodes so we have that mm. content we still create audiograms and we still create graphics and the podcast still goes out. But when time's challenging and a bit hard, um, I find it easier to do, say, like three or four podcast episodes in a day when it's just audio versus all the video set up and the background and the and the multiple takes and things like that because it's a lot easier to do the audio only. So, yeah, we, we, we had an audio focus for a while. We had at least a year of video focus. And now we're being a bit more balanced with whether it's video or, or audio, depending a bit more on time and capacity and that kind of thing. Yeah. So let's um, just, yeah, let, let's hop back to, I, th I think it was the second question. I think the question there was, I have a su successful YouTube channel. Where do I go and to which platform do I go next? And I think throughout the interview, you said that it depends on a few things, right? It depends on the amount of time that you have. I guess also the how much you're willing to invest. It also depends on who your audience is, right, and where they are. But let's say you have an educational channel, then I think we can assume that 
your listeners are, are very serious, so they might actually mm. be listening to podcast. Um, mm. Yeah, where where should should I go next as somebody in education with a successful YouTube channel? Are there other things to consider here? Well, I think it, I mean the other thing. Usually, I would say that a big thing that you have to consider is um, is consistency. So, yeah. just making sure that whatever you commit to, you're going to be consistent with it. And then a, another massive aspect of that is confidence mm. um, and feeling comfortable with the content. So that if you're going to commit to creating reels content based off your videos, let's say, um, then you know do you enjoy creating that reels content are you you know are you familiar with the platform are you spending time on that to understand what's going to work and what's not going to work because if you enjoy it and if you're confident and you can commit then you're going to get that consistency and consistency is really really important um it all comes down to knowing your audience and i think it comes down to a mindset shift to be honest because it's about trying to make sure that you are getting the most value out of the content that you're creating. And it's trying to make sure that you get um, to communicate with as many people as you want, um, to understand that people might not find that core piece of content because it's not necessarily where they hang out or they just did it. They just weren't fortunate enough to find you when they were doing that search in YouTube. Um, but they do hang out in other places and they do have the problems that you solve. And if they're over there and they only knew about your videos and your content, they would come over and, and, and subscribe and watch your YouTube channel. So it's it's really about kind of fitting in on the platforms that they are in the way that they expect to communicate with you over there and providing enough of um, enough information, enough of a tease and, and presenting yourself as enough of an authority that they start to take notice of you. And it might be that you're over on Twitter discussing the topics of your videos, putting out content, putting out fun polls about the content of your videos and, and, and sharing some of the points made or some of the questions that were raised. And people might follow you, engage with you on Twitter for months before they think do you know what I'm going to go and actually nip over to this guy's YouTube channel and see what his videos are about because I'm finally at that point where um, I've engaged with him for a bit here and there on Twitter I really do think he knows what he's talking about you know so that's why we're talking about kind of like the the slow burn of it all so I think it's that mindset shift of um, you know you've got a couple of options really you can keep like eking out new video after new video after new video and and not repurposing it so not making the most of the fact that there are other people on other platforms that are never going to see this um or you put the same amount of time into repurposing as you do into creating the core pieces and get overall more reach on each core video because you spend you know as much time repurposing it and expanding its audience and its reach through other channels and other means so to, to me it's like it's a mindset shift of knowing that there's only so much time that you're going to spend on mm. creating content and repurposing is creating content just as much as creating the core piece is creating content it's all creating content you only have so many hours you know where's the split um is it like you know kind of a, is it 100% on the videos with the occasional 10% repurpose 
Is it 50-50? Is it even more? Some would argue you should spend 20% of your time on the core piece and 80% on the repurposing of the yeah, core piece. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it, you know, it, like it's just important to not get on the sort of the churn of constant new if you're not doing anything to actually repurpose and, and kind of market and, and spread it to more places and more platforms where people ultimately find it because it almost starts to become a bit of a false economy um, of time, really. Yeah. Um, I, I, have, I have two more questions. Let's start with... Um, yeah, sure. The one that I was just thinking about. So back to that back to that example so i have a youtube channel i decide to go for i decide that i want to repurpose my content on the podcast and on instagram now the easiest solution is to to call you right and <laughs> buy your services now if i'm a smaller youtuber and i only have let's say a few a few hundred pounds or, or euros per month to spend on repurposing what do i do and do i look for an assistant and what should i Keep in mind when, when looking for a candidate, what should that person be be good at? I mean, at repurposing, obvious repurposing, obviously. But how would you do it if you were a small creator with a small budget? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it depends on you and what you want, what you're good at, and what you enjoy doing, and what you want to retain versus what you obviously want to to um, ship off because it's not you know you what what you want to be doing um i think i mean if you had a, a really small budget like like you mentioned like a couple of hundred pounds i think you'd have to be realistic that that, that i'd barely pay for like well, probably two or three hours of somebody's time or something I, th I think it's you know um important not to um undervalue like creative work and stuff because i think sometimes people think that um, you know, they could get a book, like a copywriter to write them a blog post or something like that for like like forty, fifty pounds or something like that. But actually, you know, if you look at the hourly rate of a of a professional and most writers and video editors and things like that charge just as much as a going to a physiotherapist or seeing a personal trainer or something, which is all about forty, fifty pounds an hour or more or hundred pounds an hour, you know, you probably wouldn't get much. But then again there is support overseas so you know you can go um you and i both um know chris ducker you know been to chris ducker's events and stuff and he's got a business called virtual staff finder and they find you vas um and uh, assistants based out in the philippines where actually you could have quite a small budget like you, you could have maybe four or five hundred pounds a month and you could get a full-time 40 hours a week um va based in the philippines but that said um you know, I guess you still have to be aware that one person isn't going to be um, a writer, a designer, yeah. a social media person. They're only going to have one, you know, one or two core skills. Um, but I, I think like, you know, if you've got a small budget and you're just thinking, look, I would just like like a bit of support with this. Um, the small budget might lend itself towards something like for YouTube videos, maybe it would be like the, the, the editing, like the slicing and dicing them up. So you could get some support um, with somebody where you could ask them if they could and train them up on how to edit the videos down into shorter videos. 
and you know let them know the the, the areas of the aspects of the video that you thought stood alone as being like really great like that was a great one minute that was a really brilliant point that somebody made at that you know 30 seconds in or whatever um and get some support with uh, larger videos becoming social media videos so getting them um, edited down you know getting captions on getting them looking like social media videos and then perhaps providing that support of actually scheduling and publishing them out across um across your social media platform so you know maybe if it was one piece of help it could be that i mean that said though i've just touched on a few different skills because um the person editing it may not have the skills to actually write you know the social media copy to, yeah. to write the tweets mm. and write the social media so it might be a couple of people um somebody providing support with the copywriting and somebody providing support with the um with the um, video editing and uh, you know another option is the written content so maybe just getting some support to turn the videos into blog posts every week or every time a video comes out so with a small budget maybe engaging a, a content writer maybe even engaging um somebody just in the early stages of the career as a content writer somebody a recent graduate looking to get some work in in writing um and yeah, sending the videos and, and having an arrangement with them that they'll always you know, write, write a blog post for you that can go onto the, your website with, with an SEO focus, let them know what keywords you want to rank for, ask them to do some research to make sure it's SEO friendly. I think you just really have to hone in on, you know, one skill set. So what's the like, would it be writing? Would it be graphic design? Would it be some mm. more video editing? Would it be social media um, publishing and copywriting? Um and making sure that it's something that you're offloading that is taking you maybe a disproportionate amount of time if you're doing it yourself. So mm. it's definitely one to let go of. Um, or just something that you, um, you know, you, you really know that like you shouldn't be doing. You know what you should be doing and you know what you shouldn't be doing. Um, and just kind of building up from there. Um, but some people I know hired designers, like hire, have hired um, graphic designers and ask them if they'll create them social media images, like like great thumbnails coming from the videos, like stills, images, things like that. You know, will you create me uh, 10 like um, really impactful images from the videos? And then those 10 video images become like Instagram posts and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, but budget dependent, I think it's just it's honing in on a single skill set that you'd like to no longer be developing yourself and realize you need to get some help with it yeah and i guess the person that you hire really needs to understand the platform that he or she publishes on right like if you if you have to select clips for tiktok you need to know what kind of content is working on tiktok like do we need to dance do we need to have uh, embedded text in the screen do we need does it need to be music um yeah it's it's so like specific to the platforms mm. that you know it's it's almost like you can't really just have a social media strategy. If you're a cross-platform, you need a tick, like let's say for example, but like you need a TikTok strategy, you would need a Facebook strategy, you need a Twitter strategy, and you need, you know, experts that understand those platforms. Hmm. But like it's interesting you mentioned TikTok because that it's such a specific type of content that's out on TikTok that um but that but that said you do see quite a lot of YouTubers 
who have really you know great content on youtube and are taking segments of those youtube videos and putting them out onto youtube and i'm sorry tiktok and in those short video segments do do well i do see that quite a lot but um say for example like a you know an audio only podcast so we will typically create audiograms for a audio only mm. podcast um, we create a really nice design choose great um sound bites and then you know pair the design in the sound bites and it places an mp4 on social platforms and that can work on instagram it can work on twitter but it what you would never i would never dream of suggesting put an audiogram on tiktok i mean that you know that would be crazy um i wouldn't suggest put an audiogram on instagram reels either if ever there were platforms that it is you know visual and to see like so putting an audiogram but that you know I, I laugh and say that there's probably somebody who could be listening thinking well I'm putting audiograms on TikTok and it's working for me so it does depend but like I would never suggest that because that's such a specific platform so you're right maybe it's um you know I said choose a skill set whether it's like video or audio or graphic or writing and get some help with that skill set but it yeah it could be choose a platform and actually that person they are they're good at writing for for instagram and they're good at creating graphics and videos for instagram so give them a video and ask them um could you spend x hours a week turning this into some instagram content with some guidance and you know you, you could go platform mm -hmm. specific like that and that could work yeah then there is another trend that i spot recently and that's um so what you see now is that some of the bigger creators now start channels in other languages. So they basically duplicate okay. or they, they, they republish the videos that they are already publishing, but then on a separate channel uh, in mm. another language. So they either dub the videos or they add subtitles. And actually you see the same things on, on Netflix now. Like if you look at Squid Game, this is a Korean, uh, mm. Korean show, right? But people are now watching them with dubbed in english and in spanish and content is, is becoming more global because of repurposing yeah. um, but actually it's not just repurposing it's uh what's the name for this localizing right localizing yeah content. i guess is that a request that you've is. had from your clients as well or, or not yet for localizing so changing yeah. language and things like yeah. that no to be honest no but it's not if we don't do it like mm. we don't have the um you know the capability mm. in-house to do that and it's just there's only so much you can focus on isn't there yeah, yeah. I, I have had um like once or twice clients have come to us where the content has been they've said you know would you be able to translate some of our content from german and things like that but no it, it hasn't been a, a request that we've ever really had but um but there must be other businesses out there that i guess probably specialize yeah. in that like you said you've, you've seen it happening um so it, you clearly some of these people are probably getting support from a like translation and kind of localization of content which is um really interesting especially you said that they're starting new channels where it's basically the content in another language that's really interesting yeah because that way they managed to reach an audience that they could otherwise not have reached and it worked with a certain mm -hmm. kind of content like if you do like more viral videos or like pranks or something like you don't need much language so that's no. the kind of stuff that works very well in uh, for those channels and um, yeah i've also seen that there are a few companies now that actually specialize on localizing content for creators in other languages for other countries but yeah just uh, yeah, a trend really I thought was, yeah 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 
Yeah, I bet there'll be like a you know big business in that. It's funny you mentioned Squid Game because um, and like Netflix because I, the first episode I watched of Squid Game, I watched it in dubbed because it was just the default on my Netflix account, and I didn't like it because I didn't like like the like the American accents. I would have <laughs> rather just like heard their voices and read the translation but i didn't realize it was a setting because i mentioned it to someone and they were like well just change the setting in netflix so you know sure enough just changed it to subtitles instead of dubbed and it it was really interesting because you know i didn't realize like all these language options were available like probably loads of different dubbed versions loads of different subtitle versions and things like that so it just opens up a whole new world of opportunity for content, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. YouTube might do the same in the future. So if people are watching yeah. your YouTube video, they might be able to watch the videos uh, dubbed in Spanish if they're from a Spanish-speaking country. So I'm wondering who's going to have to pay for the dubbing, though. But Yeah, that's, yeah uh... I guess maybe you would. Um, I can kind of imagine it, imagine it happening where you pay some kind of premium, um, maybe like a premium creator account or something for your channel to be dubbed in different languages. And you can only imagine it would be AI, wouldn't it, that would, um, yeah, an AI voice that yeah. would uh, like dub over what was said in one language. It's it's totally going to be, or maybe you wouldn't pay because maybe the AI would just integrate so seamlessly into YouTube and it would be another incentive to keep people creating and posting on YouTube. It'd be interesting to see, won't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a good business idea for YouTube here. I will uh, make sure to send a clip to YouTube. Who knows? Maybe we've yes, got something exactly. out of it. <laughs> All right, Amy, is there anything else you want to share with our audience? No, not really. Just to say, you know, thank you so much for um, having me on. I always enjoy talking about repurposing and um if you know for any more tips or advice there's there's hundreds of of blog posts and podcasts and things like that on our website content 10x with a one zeros content one zero x.com so you know head on over there and hopefully there'll be something that can help you if you have a a repurposing challenge that you're trying to overcome <laughs> all right thank you amy thank you so much All right, that was it for today. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you want more, then please give this podcast a positive review in wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about what we do and how we can maybe help you growing your creator business, then make sure to go to creatorsmarts.com. Ciao.